Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of gospel reflection, a ministry of stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome everyone to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name's David Abel. Today I'm joined by a very special guest, Monsignor George Grimma from Ethiopia, Brazil, and uh, Kenya. Welcome, Monsignor. Thank you, Abel. Thank you. God bless you and bless what you are doing. Sincerely, I say that. We're also joined by Rob Longo and Tom Terrace. Welcome, one and all. Good to be here, David. Hi, Dave. Awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 7, verses 1 through 8, 14 and 15, and 21 through 23. We're going to break open the bread of life, but before we do that, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life and see how Jesus wants to speak to us today in our journey home to Him? All right, I would love to. In the name of the Father, Father, the Son, Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of of the Mass. And as we prepare to encounter you this Sunday at Mass and we break open the word, break open the gospel that we will hear, uh, Lord, just open our hearts. Please help us to be docile. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us with your love. Fill us with wisdom and knowledge and understanding. Fill us with the courage to live the word, even when it's... especially when it's difficult at home, in the community, at work, at school, on the, on the ball field, in all aspects of life. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, Father Son, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. And Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Absolutely. This is from the Gospel of Mark. When the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus... They observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of the elders. And on coming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and the scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the traditions of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. 
all these evils come from within and they defile the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. The the one comment that I wrote down on the side here, Tom, as you're reading, was uh, catch people doing something right. You know, the... These, uh, the Pharisees says observed, but you know, I can kind of picture them just watching, watching and waiting, you know, kind of like trying to trying to trap, trap Jesus and, and his disciples in something that they were doing wrong. Uh, and in my life, I, I find myself doing that sometimes, especially with my kids at home. And you know, there's so many things that go on in, in a typical day. We have five kids, and they're doing a lot. And it seems that it's easier to point out, you know, in a series of ten tasks, you know, if they when went astray on a couple, okay, let's talk about those two that that you didn't do, and let's let's button those up and then move on instead of celebrating the eight that that they did do right. So uh, I'm just going to ask the Lord to just to help me to catch people doing things right, especially at home with my wife and kids, and uh, and celebrate uh, celebrate the, the the victories along the way. Yeah, I, I circled in here three times the tradition of elders, the tradition of elders. And the doctrines of humans. And we understand as, as Catholics that the tradition of man, we're not called to follow. We're called to follow God's word. And so for us, we keep and hold on to what Scripture commands us to hold on, that sacred tradition, which is passed on from the apostles to each and every one of us. that finds its roots in sacred Scripture. So I look at this and I look at traditions of, of, of men many times and we look at a person and what do we do? We judge them. Do they have earrings? Do they have a tattoo? Do they have long hair? Do they, how do their clothes look like? And we judge them and we condemn them in our hearts without even getting to know who they are. And you know what? I fall guilty of that. And then I give lip service to people that, you know, that I'm, 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 I'm keeping the outside looking good and I'm living this looking good life. But you know what? God's always looking at our hearts. He wants us to be vessels of his living water to every human being that he brings into our lives. And the only way to do that is to tap into that flowing stream, that flowing stream that comes from that relationship with Jesus Christ, the Father, then the Son. And so we have to always say tapped into that flowing stream of living water so that it's that living water that continues to purge out and clean out our hearts, or otherwise we fall prey to the traditions of men. And uh, that checklist Oh, yeah, I can place myself in the envy and the deceit and different other arrogance at times, greed sometimes, you know, murder. You say, oh, I didn't murder. Yeah, but did you hate somebody? Is there somebody you don't like? Well, I think Jesus said, you know, if you hate somebody, it's just like murder. So for me, again, just a challenge. I don't want to fall into the into the holier-than-thou ways. I want to, you know, do God's commandment, which is to love. Love him first and others after that. Amen. Thank you for sharing that, David. And, and I know uh, Father George, you wanted to you wanted to share some things with us. And before he does, David, if you could please just introduce to to our our listeners, uh, introduce Father George, a uh, special friend of yours, special friend of the ministry. Uh, so if you could if you could do that, uh, that, that would be wonderful. Absolutely. I was in Ocean City, New Jersey, and I heard this priest, this mission priest, give a talk and a need that was needed in Kenya at the time, and it moved my heart. My heart was touched. And so I met with him, and the next thing you know, he has me going over to Ethiopia and Kenya and seeing the true gift of these children that are in need, that don't have fathers, don't have mothers, don't have clean water, 
And it changed my life. So I went all over Ethiopia and Kenya with Father George and just came to hear his story. He's a Maltese priest. And he asked his bishop if he could be in the mission fields. And he wanted to be in Ethiopia, Kenya, and Brazil. And now he takes care of, through the grace of God, and raises funds for over 40,000 orphan children. And I've been to many, many, many of those homes. And oh my goodness, the lives that are changed, the lives that are saved from a simple man's yes, yes to the Lord, and to continue to go on the mission. So, Monsignor George, welcome. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Um, you know that the weapon today of the Pharisees against Jesus, as you said before, Abel, is tradition. Tradition. We know that tradition will not save no one. As you said also, only love. And even as St. Paul says, hope, love, and faith. Both die, but love remains forever. So we have a need that our foundations must be on love. The walls must be love, that means welcome other, and no judge, as you said. So the walls are that, and the home must be filled with the Spirit of the Lord, which is always welcoming, always giving the best. As everyone can give what he has, God give us his love and his life. I am the bread of life. Who eat my bread will live forever. But sometimes we, even Catholics today, we may be like these Pharisees. We think because we are baptized, because we go to church, we have the right also to correct, but not to correct properly. Since because, because we are Catholics. And to be Catholic alone, you will not be saved. You will be saved by your actions, by your sincere actions. I can give you an example in a few words, if I can. One day I was saying Mass in a big church. People know that I was going there. And they like my stories, so they come. So the church was literally packed, literally packed. And when I was already hearing the first reading, a leper entered in the church. And this leper, to protect others, to love others, he covered himself with leaves of banana so that those who can by chance touch him will be not get the disease. As there was no place, he came in front of the altar and he had not helped to remain standing up. So I went out from my chair, which I had on the altar. I went down next to him and gently I helped him to take my seat. So the seat of the priest was occupied by him. For me, it was another. People were looking to him. And when I started my sermon later and he was there comfortable, I don't know what happened, but after I recognized that a minister of Eucharist, nah, she had not accepted that that man, a leper, a third-class quality, and excluded, can remain in my chair. So she moved him from there and told him, stay in the corner and be quiet. When I finished the sermon and someone, I looked that he was not there, I was shocked. I stopped the mass. I told, where is he? They told, the woman took him there. Said, Are you a Catholic? 
Catholic does not do that. A Catholic love and priority is that this is Jesus for us as the one which within a few minutes I will call on the altar. Sometimes we go to tradition. Huh? The tradition is the seat of the priest. Nobody can take it. How is it? We are there to serve. Even our chair. If it is for others, why you don't give it to others? So generally, we, as David said in the beginning, we judge by our eyes and not by our hearts. We judge by our sight, but not with the sight of Jesus, who is standing. Inclusively, Jesus has the revolutional love. He loved those who were unloved. The woman was not loved. The children never were permitted to come near a guest or near a person. Never a rabbi, by tradition, can speak with a sinner, a public sinner, like the Samaritan, like the prostitute. He went over all these traditions to save the soul, because the interest is the soul and not the body. So if really we want to understand this message today is to remember and to ask ourselves that we are great in the presence of the Lord, not because we are fat, not because we are healthy, not because we are intelligent, not because we are wealthy, we are popular. We are great in the presence of the Lord if our heart is full of his love and that this heart loves everybody without exclusion. Yeah, that's beautiful, Father. And as you know, with, as Catholics, we can't work our way to heaven. We can't do enough good stuff. But faith without works, we know is dead. It tells us that in the book of James. And those works are works of love. And faith without works is what they describe here as lip service. You know, our love is known by our actions. Our works are works of love. They go together. You, they're inseparable. And it's not us that do, does that work, Father. It's the Lord that does us, that does the work in us, through us, and with us. So what a beautiful, beautiful understanding the Catholic Church has in faith and works and how they are inseparable, because otherwise it's just about lip service. Jesus' love is always big and nice. Why? Because Jesus came here to save. The mission of Jesus is not to attack, not to point your mistake, but to show his love to show how to correct you with a fraternal way, to teach you, because a teacher is the one who knows and can give to others, not to give to yourself, to feed you as you need the spiritual food. And also Jesus shows us that he never had bad feelings, bad feelings when he is offended. He continued loving you. Remember, we read last week in one of our Gospels during the week, the rich man who went to Jesus asked him, what shall I do to save myself, to come to the kingdom? And Jesus told him, love God, love your neighbor. I want to do something more. It's a nice step, second step. So go, sell what you have, come and follow me. The man, as he was rich, he went, he became sad and turned his back to Jesus. Jesus had not bad feelings. So the gospel tells us Jesus loved him. The meaning loved him means he was praying for him. And I am sure 
than that guy returned to the heart of Jesus. Because only in Jesus one can find the comfort and the blessings and the healing. So to point the mistakes of others, that means you are out of the way. You are never in the good light. Not one of the worst things is to judge others, to judge others. We never know ourselves how much we can know others. We never know all what's passing in us. God knows everything. I can say another little story, but uh, this is history, and make us, help us to understand better. So, we know that Pope Benedict XVI renounced. He was not the first Pope who renounced. He was the second Pope. So, Pope Celestine also renounced. And Pope Benedict went and prayed on his tomb. So Pope Celestine, he was forced to renounce because many judged him very badly. And the second Pope, which came after him, Pope Boniface, he believed in what others said of him, judging. Instead, he looked for the truth and he made Pope Celestine emeritus in the prison in the prison. Only there he was allowed to say the Mass. Pope Celestine never asked to escape, although many offered him to escape. But during the elevation of the Mass, his body was always elevated. He was a holy man. But in the eyes of some, he was not a holy man. And that was they forced him to renounce. Conclusion. He was badly judged. By the time of the story, Pope Celestine was declared saint with two miracles after his death. And as I said before, in the last months of his life, when he was saying Mass every day, Jesus comes many often as a baby boy in his hand. He was the holy man. While Pope Boniface never was saint and whatever was declared saint. So, the, so the, the one who did the judging did yeah. not become the saint? When you judge, you are lost. When you judge, you are lost. But when you seek the way of truth, the way of conversion, you do your U-turn, not like the Pharisees and scribes who had not done the U-turn, they will find Jesus as the good shepherd. I consider him also not only the good shepherd, but the gentle shepherd, because he has a way of nudging us when we get off the path to bring us back. And one of the ways he just did that for me is uh, as I read this gospel and I got to that section of lip service, it reminded me of the beautiful rosary rally we just had in Harrisburg with all the athletes from all the different high schools. It was a tremendous success. And I was supposed to actually speak in the beginning of it and welcome everybody and the Lord reminded me, David, when's the last time you prayed the rosary? And I went, oh my. You see, I had gotten away from praying the rosary because I got too busy. And so I chose not to go to that rally, and I had someone else take my place to give the introduction, and the bishop followed with the talk. And then the Lord took me on a journey to just open up my heart. He said, the greatest gift that you can give, David, is to pray the rosary for somebody. It is the greatest gift. Today's a new day. Start today. 
So one of the fruits of the rosary rally is my own, and that is back to praying the rosary every day for somebody else and being a gift to somebody else. So, you know, God is always wooing us back. Don't Anytime you say, you know what, I don't have the time to, that's not a truth. You're just choosing not to invest the gift God has given you in what he wants you to do, which is love. What you said, Monsignor, is to love. Um, the word that kind of jumped out at me was summoned. Um, I feel like, um, you know, that word summoned, you know, kind of also means to call, you know, and I feel like, how does the Lord call me constantly? And a lot of times I'll think I'm, you know, on Sunday, like, why am I even going to Mass? But I'm still drawn there. And it's almost like he's calling me there. Because, uh, I don't know, the way I see it, you know, I'm infected with a terminal disease of death, and my heart is almost naturally drawn to all the bad stuff that's below here that Jesus mentioned, that I'm, you know, envious and proud and all that. That's what I kind of want to go toward. And when he summons me, he's just calling me saying, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, not this way, not these things, which you're drawn to because you're a human being, but I've, you know, I've come to save you. So I, I, I always feel like he's calling me, even if it's just a, a thought, He's in fact, mind. he calls yeah. us, yes, he, in fact, he calls us. The thing is this, we cannot also say that the Pharisees were not good people. They don't pray, but they prayed. That they were not aware of the Bible. They read the Bible. That they were absent from the temple to pray and do sacrifices. But that is not enough. That is not enough. So it is not enough, as you know, that there are ten commandments and you obey only nine and one, you can leave it out. You cannot do that, no? We are Ten Commandments, we have to obey the ten, not nine. And, but okay, one is over. You cannot do that. So <laughs> we have to choose. We have to choose or God, which is love, or the word, which is egoistic. Egoistic, what you wish. God, what you give. God, what you give. So this is the way, if you want to see in which position you are, enter in your heart and say, if God looking to me now, does he smile to me? Or he cries upon me, like he cried on Jerusalem. How many times I wish to summon you, and you don't want to do that. He may cry upon you because of your sin, of your stubbornness. But he also can smile to you. As he smiled to Mary Magdalene. As he smiled to the prostitute, to the Samaritan. And to these people, he gave them a special privilege. Mary Magdalene was the first who received the biggest news ever heard. He is risen from the dead. To St. Peter, who also was a sinner, who renounced his biggest friend, which is Christ. To him, he gave him the power to be the first pope of the church, to take care of the church. So God have preference to those who opt to him. No matter it may be, if you were a sinner, the thing is now what you are. What had you choose? If you choose God, you will be blessed. If, unfortunately, you remain like the Pharisees and the scribes, 
you'll be sent out from him like the devils. And that which was created for the devils, which had gone against God in heaven, which is hell, unfortunately, will belong also to those who remain stubborn in this life and don't accept the message of Jesus. That was beautiful. You mentioned the Ten Commandments, and you used the word obedience, because, yes, God gave us the Ten Commandments for us. But I like to look at them in a different way. I like to look at them as our response to love, that those aren't a burden. They're life-giving and freedom. The Ten Commandments, to me, are a response. They're like the, the lights on the runway that takes me to heaven. So for me, it's a response to love. They're not a burden to me. It's because it's not about the law. It's about the relationship. And when I break one of them, I don't say, well, I broke, I broke a Ten Commandments. No, I go, I hurt my father's heart. They are traffic signs. Yeah. They are traffic yeah, signs. That, yep, that help us stay on the path. Okay. They, they don't life. hurt you. They are traffic lights yeah. to help you to go to the destination. Absolutely. But, but I think if we truly have, and we ask God for that renewal of the mind and a renewal of the heart, give us a new heart, Lord, that then it becomes that response of love because the beloved, the bridegroom, is always wooing us, the church, his bride, to his very self. So for me now, if I break a commandment, it's like, I hurt my father. I hurt his heart. Lord Jesus, you suffered the price of that fall for me. You paid the price. And you know what? I'm sorry. And you repent. You go to confession. You repent. And you're set free. And you start the journey again. So for me, it's, it's a response of love. It really is. And it sets you free. And use another word, Father, another description, another Bible story of the rich man. That story impacted me greatly in my life because what I came to understand is I own nothing. I am the steward of all God's gifts. How do I use them to further his kingdom, to share love with those in need? And when you realize that, that someday God's going to say, how'd you do? with all of my gifts, and I want my dad to smile. I want my father in heaven to smile. This is a beautiful gospel. God loves you, and because he loves you, knowing your weakness, he carry you in his hands. He does. Near his heart. So through that, make courage. Live doing the good. Live loving. Live happy. God bless each and every one of you. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us 
at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.